Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Six Degrees of Leadership podcast. My name is Brian Hendricks, and I will be your host in this series, which is built around helping each of us be the best leader we can be in our daily and work lives. I call the show Six Degrees of Leadership because I hope to create a network of leaders worldwide, whether we have the official title of leadership or not, where we're all just six degrees from one another. In each episode, I will interview one person about what leadership means to them and how we can implement some of their everyday practices into our own lives. This is one of the most excited, excited I've been for a podcast. This show, I get to talk to one of my mentors, Brian Kane. Brian Kane is an internationally best-selling author. He is internationally recognized as one of the best mental performance coaches in the world, and he has helped me along my personal journey around my mental performance and how to be a leader, not just for myself, but for my team. I'm really excited for everybody to listen to this episode so you can learn a little bit from Brian, just like I have since knowing him for the last five years. Now sit back and enjoy the six degrees of leadership. Welcome everybody back to the six degrees of leadership podcast. As always, I am Brian Hendricks. And, uh, as you heard in the intro, uh, I'm, this might be the most excited I've been for this show. Uh, one of my huge mentors, a guy that I listen to every single day on his daily podcast. Uh, I got to know him pretty well. It's been, you know, four years already. Um, but like I said, a big mentor of mine, someone who talks the mental game, we're just going to learn a lot today. So I just want to say, thank you, Brian Kane. Thank you for coming in. Brian Hendricks, pleasure to be here, man. And thanks for your support listening to the Mental Performance Daily Podcast. It always fires me up and uh, motivates me to continue to do that when people are listening. So thanks for doing that and being a loyal subscriber and follower. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you, and I love it, too, because you get a good wealth of knowledge in two minutes. Like you're not having to spend an hour listening. You get something that you can use that day in two minutes every day. I love it. That, that's the goal. You know, one of my mentors, Dr. Rob Gilbert, professor mm -hmm. of sports psychology at Montclair State. He's been doing success hotline since January 22nd, 1992. So I look at it as my responsibility and my passion in the mental game, you know, to carry the torch for Ken Revisa, whose face I have tattooed on my chest, who wrote the book Heads Up Baseball, you know, to also carry the torch for Dr. Gilbert. You know, Success Hotline has had such an impact on my life uh, that I want to continue to try to to create create that that may, a little every day. I mean, I've been listening to Dr. Gilbert for two to three minutes a day since March of 2006, mm -hmm. uh, and it's had massive impact on my life. I've met the guy twice, you know. So I, I like to say that any you you can have a mentor. Right. You never even meet, you know, mm -hmm. it's called reading books or listening to podcasts. So people, yeah. people joining us here on six degrees, if the one thing that they do take out of this, hopefully would be to pick up mental performance, daily podcast, two to three minutes a day, meditations on Sunday that recap the week. And, uh, hopefully that's something that they take out of this. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Well, so let's jump into it. Um, you know, big superhero guy. And I think it's important for everybody listening to know where did we all come from? Cause we all have different stories. We all have different origin stories. So you know, what's your origin story? How did you get here? to where you are now, you know, you know, top of the game in mental performance and leadership. Yeah. I'd summarize it by saying I made my mess, my masterpiece, <laughs> and I turned failure into feedback. I was college baseball's worst baseball player in history, <laughs> failed miserably. And it wasn't because I didn't work hard, right? I was taught my whole life that if you work hard, you'll have success. And that could be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. You have to work smart and hard, right? If I'm trying to go North, but I turn around and start running South and I'm going hundred miles an hour, I'm just getting further from where I want to be. And that was my baseball career. I was a guy who focused on solely on the outcome, not the process. Uh, I was a guy who was doing distance running, thinking that was going to make me a better pitcher because, quote unquote, you throw with your legs. 
legs, which is ridiculous. You know, baseball is an explosive sport. You have to train like an explosive athlete and the faster and harder and longer I trained like an endurance athlete, the worse I got. And it became quicksand. And I went looking for answers. And on July 4th, 2000, I was at a Barnes and Noble across the street from Fenway Park. It was on the corner of 600 West Wilson Street, Fenway, uh, Boston University. That doesn't The bookstore doesn't exist anymore. And I walked in and picked up the book Heads Up Baseball. And I sent the author, Ken Revisa, an email and said, hey, I saw you're a professor at Cal State Fullerton. I'd like to be a baseball coach. And oh, by the way, do you have a master's in this mental game of baseball, Heads Up Baseball, sports psychology? I didn't even really know it was a field at the time. So I went out to Cal State Fullerton from Vermont, did my master's in sports psychology with Ken Revisa, who was the, the greatest of all time when he passed away in 2018, New York Times headline, the godfather of sports psychology, Ken Revisa passes away. Super exciting for Melissa Lambert, who's with the Kansas City Royals now in, in the dugout, major leagues, there every day as a mental performance coach, first female to do that at the major league level. Super exciting. That news came out today. So congrats to her. But that was my journey, you know, and I went looking for answers. So I went to Cal State Fullerton. I'm a grad assistant baseball coach. I'm doing my master's in sports psychology with Ken Revisa. We finished third in the College World Series in 2003, win the national championship in 2004. And our head coach, George Horton, is the speaker at the National Baseball Coaches Convention. You're the first guy to speak when you win the national championship. And he said, mm -hmm. if we had invested in the mental game, like opening line, if we had invested in the mental game, in 2001 and 2003, like we did in 2004, we might be sitting here as a three-time national champion. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it just, you know, I, I got started working with college baseball teams. And since then it's, it's morphed into, you know, eight UFC world champions, uh, four signing award winners in major league baseball, you know, countless NCAA national champions from baseball, to softball, to swimming and diving. Um, I've had two PGA tour winners in golf. I just had a team USA bowler over at the house last week. I mean, I live in Arizona and spring training is wrapping up. It's been a revolving door of people coming in here, which has been really, really fun. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's been fun. Yeah. And it's, and it's a great, and I think it's so much of what you do, you know, I'm a mentally, uh, mental performance certified coach. I got my book. I've been reviewing it and you know, I was certified four years ago. I'm basically recertifying myself again, just going through it all again. Love that. And, and I think Love what's that. so cool about this is like you talked about, you get to work one-on-one -on -one with those athletes. You get to work, you know, you know, in leadership settings. And I think that's what almost can get missed sometimes is everything you're talking about here is leadership. It's a form of leadership. It's a form of that mental game that we need to practice whether we're the head coach, whether we're the leader of our own life at home, whether we're the CEO. So I think a lot of what you do in the mental performance realm connects a lot with leadership. It's just leadership. People don't think about it in my experience. They don't wrap it's, their head around. It's like leadership in action is what it is, right? Like if yes. you're going to be a leader, if you're going to be an effective leader, that's not a title. That's a behavior. That's not an event. That's a damn lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be an effective leader, you've got to develop what I call the missing link in leadership. It's the 10 pillars of mental performance master, right? Leaders have mm -hmm. to have an elite mindset. Then here's the 10 skills you got to have if you want to be a successful leader, yeah. an elite mindset motivation and commitment, focus and awareness, self-control and discipline. You got to be able to keep the process over the outcome. You got to be able to use meditation and mental imagery to create a vision because without a vision, people perish. And you got to be able to be where your feet are and stay in the present moment. And meditation helps you to make better decisions because you learn how to be in control of yourself so you can control your performance. You've got to have routines and habits of excellence so people know what the consistency is showing up day to day. Then you got to master your time management and organization because that's the one factor. It's the same for everybody is their time management. Management. Obviously, you need to develop leadership skills. We'd like to call those the six C's of leadership. And then you got to be able to establish and enhance the right culture. So, you know, Brian, it fires me up when you talk about our certification program that that's exactly what we help people to do, aspiring mm -hmm. leaders 
leaders in training to develop those 10 mental performance skills, which they then use in leaderships. And, yeah. and the cool part about it is whether I'm working with an athlete, a coach, an athletic director, an executive, uh, a sales team, whoever, right? I work with one of the biggest uh, capital market teams in the country mm -hmm. that raises funds to buy hotels. Yeah. And they've got hotels all over the world. And for them to go out and, and work and lead and, and be able to influence to raise that kind of capital takes tremendous leadership skill. And they mm -hmm. all go through that certification. And what the best feedback I get from them is they go, man, this helps me in my job. But more importantly, like it helps me with my kids, helps me with my spouse, helps me in my life, because it all mm -hmm. transcends into just becoming a better version of you. And, and the best yeah. investment you can make is an investment into yourself. Mm -hmm. hundred percent agree. And I love that too, because it's, it's, I think that's so important for leaders to recognize or just anybody recognize. It's not just what you're doing at work that can come over to your personal life. How you communicate can be both. How you lead is both. And the better you are in one, the better you're going to be in the other one. Um, yeah. One of the it, pillars it, it's, yeah, go it transcends, it transcends everything, Brian. You yes. know I mean? When you talk about mental performance, and mental health right now, it transcends everything. You know, it works. It helps influence physical, it helps influence spiritual. It helps influence the relational. And mm -hmm. most people, the last thing that they do is go to work on their mental health or their mental performance because they don't know how. And that's what we try yes. to give you with Mental Performance Daily is exactly the how to go from like, to steal a line from my friend, Brian Johnson, how to go from theory to practice to mastery. We double down mm -hmm. on the practice. Here's what you've got to do if you want to be the best version of you. Yeah. And okay. So I want to, I want to stick with that because, you know, you talk about this uh, all the time and I've heard you say, it and I, and I've stolen it now too, as a, you know, high school basketball coach, but sure. you ask coaches, Hey, how much of your sport is mental? And most of the time you're going to get at least 80% are going to say, or at least are going to say it's 80% mental, 90% mental, 95% mental. So the question is, okay, are you spending 80% of your time on the mental side? Are you spending 95% and guilty of this as charged as most coaches are? No, you're not doing that. And I hear that a lot of times from leaders. Hey, you know, how much of your job as a leader is mental? Oh, it's almost the whole thing is mental. Okay. Well, how much time do you prepare yourself on that mental side? Well, none. Why? Well, I don't have the time to do it or I have to develop that. Like, so what do you talk to leaders about to get them to realize, Hey, you have to have that elite mindset. You have to work on the mental side of it, the mental side of leadership. We talk about exactly that. We talk about mindset and, and yep. mindset's probably the number one skill set that people are lacking, but it's mm -hmm. also the one that when they look at it, they say that's probably the one that they need the most to scale mm -hmm. their business, to grow their career, to close the gap from where they are to where they want to be. So we go working on how do you develop a mindset? Well, you develop a mindset and mostly by, you know, what the, the books you read, the people you interview, the podcast you listen to, but it really comes down to making some decisions. And those decisions are my mindset is going to focus on the things I can control at an mm -hmm. elementary and foundational level. Yep. And I'm going to focus on, you know, sh showing, showing not only, the, not, not only focusing on things I can control, but I'm going to focus on being an energy giver, not an energy taker. Love and I'm going to focus on the, let's say, e e plus R equals O event plus response equals outcome, mm -hmm. right? It's not the events that happen to me. It's my response to those events. They are going to dictate the outcome. So I choose complete and total responsibility, my ability to respond in any situation. I'm going to focus on what I can control. I'm going to stick to a process over outcome-based approach. Everyone says, keep your eyes on the prize. And then guess what? You trip over the present moment, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, keep your eyes on the prize, it should be know where you want to end up and reverse engineer a plan back to what you need to do now. Mm -hmm. you know, yep. One of my favorite telescope goal. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, yo, you're right. That telescope goal is great, but the microscope goals are what gets you there. And um, one of my favorite things is that you have, you know, brought to me is be where your feet are. 
be where your feet are, be where your feet are. Cause you're not going to get all the way out there unless you're in that present moment. I think that's a huge thing in life and in leadership. Well, instead so, of trying to win the basketball game and to use your example, right. And we're in the middle of the NCAA tournament as we're recording this, which what, what a tournament it's been oh, it's is been a blast. instead of trying to win the basketball game, win the next play. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm out here in Arizona and spring training's wrapping up and yeah. a lot of major league baseball guys rolling through here. And they try, I try to get them out of the mindset of I'm trying to make the team. And I'd say, no, just try to try to make the play today. Like right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be an all-star. No, no, just work like an all-star today. Right. And mm -hmm. stop counting the days and start making those days count by instead of trying to win a job, focus on winning a pitch. And as mm -hmm. you keep winning pitches and winning pitches, guess what? The job will take care of itself. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, I want to shift a little bit to one of the, one of your uh, pillars because I think I get this asked all the time as a leadership coach is how do I motivate my employees? How do I motivate my team? And I think motivation is great, but I love how you talk about motivation and commitment. So can you kind of say why did you loop, why did you connect those two together, and and how can leaders realize it's yes motivation is that starting point, but you got to get commitment on top of that motivation. Yeah, because motivation comes and goes. You know, I mean, I probably feel mo I probably feel motivated less than half of the time right you now, but I, and I don't feel motivated until I get started. So it's not the motivation that's going to get you started. It's the motivation that's going to come after you get started, right? It's the mm -hmm. start that stops most people and motivation comes after movement begins. So all of the effort has to go into getting the initial movement to happen, right? It's like the mm -hmm. old merry-go-round. It was a kid. You'd have to like run like you're pushing the seven man sled in football to get that thing going. But once it's going, you can get it going with momentum or like a rocket ship. When it takes off, it burns 80% mm -hmm. of its fuel and like the first 10% of its mission because it has to break the gravitational pull. And so do we. And that's mm -hmm. where people who sit around waiting until they quote unquote feel like it, that's the mistake they're making is you'll feel like it once you get started. And if you mm -hmm. don't feel like it once you get started, well, at least you got started, you made some progress. So right. It's where I like to say every day you have to recommit to your commitments and your commitment can't be a feeling. The commitment has to be a action, a behavior. What is it that you're going to do versus how is it I'm going to feel? Because mm -hmm. the one thing you can't control is how you feel, mm -hmm. you know, and having done a hundred mile ultra marathon and at the, the lighthouse 100 in Michigan, you know, people said, well, how, how did you feel like running all the time? And I was doing between, you know, 50 to hundred miles a week for whatever, 20 or so weeks leading up yeah. to that race. And I hardly ever felt like running until mm -hmm. I got my shoes on and I got sometimes two to 10 miles into the race. And I was like, okay, now this is fun. You mm -hmm. know, it was always drudgery to get out the door, but once you got out the door and got started, it was good. No different than going to 5.30 AM hot yoga this morning, right? Peeling yep. myself out of the sheets, getting in the car, driving there, standing outside until they open the door mm -hmm. until you finally get in. And you're like the whole time you're going, man, why am I doing this? And when you walk out at 6.30 and you're alive and you're awake and you feel great, you're like, that's why I did this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to do the things you don't, like I said, you have to do those things even when you're not motivated to do them. That's how you build commitment, not just from yourself, but from team members. Like you, again, it goes back to building a growth or elite mindset into your team, not just yourself. Yeah. And you could call, some people would call it discipline. Some people would call yeah. it motivation. Some would call it commitment. I mean, everybody's kind of talking about the same thing. Do yeah. you do what it takes or do you do what you feel? Mm -hmm. And the, probably the takeaway point for your listeners here, you know, on six degree is to realize that is that feelings follow behavior. So do not let your feelings dictate how you act. Let your actions change how you feel. Get started, make it easy for you to get started. And then the feeling is going to come. Mm-hmm. So then looking at, from a leadership perspective, you, you know, you're dealing with teams, you're dealing with, you know, executives on, you know, that you're in charge of as a leader, you're going to have so many different 
communication styles, different personality types. How do you recommend leaders go about getting to know their team so they know what it is to to push them, to motivate them? Because it's going to be different with everybody. Yeah, I don't think your job, I don't think it's your job to motivate people as a leader. I think okay. it's your job to teach them how to motivate themselves oh, and I like identifying what it is they want, why they want it, and what they need to do in terms of the next step to go get what they want and close the gap from where they are to where they want to be, right? So yeah. I don't I don't think, I think you have to be motivation. No, and I think the yeah. best way that you motivate others is being motivated yourself because motivation is contagious as yours worth yes. catching, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think you have to necessarily give, and I'm a professional speaker, right. part of what I do, and I like to spring, bring the juice and I like to speak yep. with energy. I mean, you've seen it at, at DSHA, yep. but I also think like, you don't, you know, a, a motivational speaker is temporary. What's legendary is what you do with what you hear with the speaker. So I like to think of myself more as a system than mm -hmm. a speaker. And part of that system is how do you get to know what other people, it, two things, time and shared adversity, right? The best available, the best ability of a leader is availability. Like you got to be around, you got to be available. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, the, the, when you're around and you're available, then you get that time, but then you got to do hard things together, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's where I think going to do uh, a Spartan race or going to do a hike or going to do something difficult, working on a massive project, mm -hmm. something that you're doing with other people, exercise, it could be hard work project. It could be right. Long mm -hmm. hours, whatever it is. And yeah. when you go through call it a quote unquote crucible experience, right? Which yeah. is a term for like a hell week as a Navy SEAL, as an example, yeah. or writing a book with somebody or doing this long project or going to a conference, whatever it is, right? When you get mm -hmm. that time and that shared adversity, and sometimes that shared adversity has to be forced yeah. um, because we will you know, have a tendency to live in bubble wrap. But yeah. if we can make it hard uh, and do hard things together, then that bond is going to form. Mm-hmm. I like that. Do hard things together, be available. But I think the whole key is, and I think it's a great way to think about leadership. It's not my job to motivate you. It's my job to teach you how to motivate yourself. It's how I like to look at it. You know, it's yeah. how I like to look at it because if you, if you're motivated only, you know, extrinsically or externally by other people, it's like yeah. the same thing when I ask athletes about confidence, I'm like, where's your confidence come from? Well, my coaches said this, or his newspaper mm -hmm. said this. And I'm like, dude, confidence has got to come from your preparation and it's got to come inside out, not outside in. Because mm -hmm. if you believe what they're telling you when they're telling you how great you are, guess what you're also going to do? You're going to believe it when they're telling you that you suck and you need to hang it up. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. And I think that's, I mean, we could do no whole nother 25 minutes just on how to build confidence within sure. people, because I think that's sure. a, whether it's sports or professional life or relationship, like that's a big issue right now. So we'll, we'll save that for the next full on podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for um, sure. What I want to talk about next though is, um, so, you know, you've been doing this a long time. You've worked with a ton of high level athletes. You've worked with executives. You've worked with a lot of people in leadership role. You've been in leadership roles. What is something for our younger listeners? Whether those that are, you know, just starting their leadership journey, they're getting out of college, you know, they're, they're the first time supervisors. What is something you wish you would have known or something that, you know, when you work with those people, you're like, this is something you got to latch onto. What, what kind of advice do you give those up and coming leaders? If you will be really good at cleaning toilets. Yeah. You know, I could still consider myself the janitor and the general in Ken Revis's army, right? The general, because I feel like I'm leading people in the field of mental performance, but also the janitor, because you got to be one to clean the toilets. And if you're going to clean the toilets, clean the toilet is the best toilet that ever has been clean. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's the mentality that you got to take is, 
is when you're getting started, you say yes to everything and you do all the jobs to get the experience. And as your career grows, right? Like where I'm at now, mm -hmm. I find myself getting in trouble because I say yes to too many things. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I find myself in trouble now saying yes to too many things and I have those opportunities is because I started saying yes to everything 20 years ago when I got started. And along the way, you find, okay, now I'm starting to get pulled in too many directions. Mm -hmm. So I think say yes to everything and do the jobs that nobody else wants to do. Right. And I, and mm -hmm. my friends who work for creative arts agency, CAA, yeah. they often, uh, you know, some of the best baseball agents and sports agents in the world started in the mail room at CAA mm -hmm. and they're bringing mail to people and running around the building. Right. And the mm -hmm. ones who make it were like, my job was to know every person in the building, where their office was, what their name was, who their family were, what they drank for coffee. Because when I was bringing them a mail, guess what? I was also going to bring them their favorite coffee from the from the coffee area at CAA, yeah. right? So when you take pride in the little things and realize that how you do anything is how you do everything. Like if you're the person who's going to cut corners, cleaning the toilet, guess what? You're probably going to cut corners and the other things that you do in the rest of your life. And mm -hmm. just ask yourself, listen to this. How'd you make your bed this morning? Right. Start there, right? Mm -hmm. Admiral McRaven, head of the U.S. Navy SEALs in his book, Make Your, make your Bed, mm -hmm. in his commencement speech at the University of Texas, he talks about the importance of making your bed because you pay attention to detail because you act different than how you feel because you start your day with a win and anyone can make their bed right it's just are you gonna have the self-discipline and the commitment to do it every day right well i think that's a great point you got to be you got to do all the hard stuff you gotta do all the small stuff it, it's something that my dad always taught me was the behavior you exhibit as a leader becomes acceptable behavior so if you're the one if you're going on cleaning toilets that's the expectation well i should you're my boss i should do that too if you're staying up and making those calls, oh, I should do that too. If you're showing up 20 minutes late for work, well, okay, I can show up 20 minutes late for work. Yeah, you set, you set the standard for the whole organization with your behavior. And I think mm -hmm. the, the key thing for any leader is to compete or perform to yeah. a standard, not a score board, right? And the scoreboard takes care of itself when you focus on what the standard is. Mm -hmm. So you have to identify clearly as a leader, what are the standards for our organization? What are the standards of behavior? Yep. And then you have to model those, right? Mm -hmm. Because as, as my friend, Steve Smith, who was a baseball coach at Baylor university, he had a sign on the back of his door that said, people need a model to see, not a motto to say. And I went over and said, people need, I actually crossed off the word not and put, and, cause I think it's both. I think yeah. they need a model to see and a motto to say, but yeah. the motto, the motto is paper mache if they don't have someone who's leading it and living it every day. Yep. Absolutely. Words only get you so far in life. Yeah. yeah. And words are important though. They you are. know, I mean, we communicate mm -hmm. with your words, but you've also, more importantly, it's the actions, it's the yep. deeds, you know, and now as a father, it's, it's, I can say, yeah, I'm not on my phone when I'm with my one-year-old. And then next thing you know, I'm sitting there and I'm on my phone, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like, just what are the, what are the standards that you set first, you say them, then you live them and you got to live them, you know, and you got to have people around you who are mm -hmm. checks and balances for you. Right. Too many times right. I see leaders surround themselves with assistant coaches who are yes people and everything. They, right. they don't want to have the conversation. They want to avoid conflict instead of seek conflict mm -hmm. and healthy conflict always comes back to what's the set of standards. And right. if you have a set of standards, that's not conflict. Like that's elite performance. Mm -hmm. you know, are we falling short of the standard? If we are, we address it immediately. If we're not, you know, then we continue to reinforce what it is we're doing. And that's how organizations grow and, and get results. Yep. Another way I look at that, it's accountability. You surround yourself 100%. with people that are going to hold you yeah. accountable for, you know, what your standard is as a group or as an organization. Yeah. I look at elite performers, Brian, are starving for three things, right? They're starving for, for clarity, what mm -hmm. to do, accountability, who am I doing it with? Who am I letting down if I don't do it? And support, who do I go to if it gets hard and I don't know what I'm doing and I need help?
And if you can create those three things in a team and an organization as a leader, clarity, what are we trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Accountability, who's doing what and support. Where do you go? If you get stuck, if you have those three things in place, you got a winning culture. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I I, I appreciate, I mean, so much that this one, I'm going to go back and listen to a bunch. Uh, so I love it. Thanks for joining us. Um, question for you is how, how can people reach out? How can people get in touch with you? What's the best way if they want to go through the mental performance, uh, certification process, which I have done. And it's, it's awesome. Like it is, it is life-changing, not just from a coaching perspective, but applying things to yourself. So how can people reach out? How can they start doing some of those things if they're interested? Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Brian. A uh, couple ways. So yeah. first thing is if you go to briancane.com, B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N, briancane.com, you can join our insiders list and, and get on the list in, uh, of when we open up our certification, which we typically do in May and November. Mm-hmm. So you can get on that, save $200 as an insiders list member. And then we send you some articles and content and resources and invite you to be on live calls that we're doing, um, you know, to make sure that the certification is right for you, which I think it is if you're a leader. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first place I would go. And then my Instagram is at Brian Kane Peak, which it also is on Facebook and Twitter. And then uh, my podcast, which you can find anywhere you listen to your podcast, just search Brian Kane. And I have two podcasts. I have Mental Performance Daily, which is two to three minutes a day, which we referenced earlier. And then I have the Mental Performance Mastery, which is a longer form interviews, mm-hmm. kind of like we're doing here, you know, yeah. 25 minutes to 55 minutes with a guest talking about mental performance. So yeah. those would be the places that I would send people. BrianKane.com, Instagram or Twitter at Brian Kane Peak, Mental Performance Daily, or just search Brian Kane in your podcast. And if anybody would like to email me directly, it's just Brian at BrianKane.com. Awesome. Thank you. And the very last question called Six Degrees of Leadership. We're all about building connections, building networks. Two people that you think would be great guests because you've seen their leadership, you've worked with them, or they've mentored you. Who are two people I should be reaching out to to grow my network and get them on the show? I would say the first one is a guy by the name of Mike Bahoon. Dr. Mike Bahoon is the CEO of Fundraising University, Mm, and he's also the mental performance coach for Ohio State Baseball. So oh, he is okay. a, he is in Columbus with the Buckeyes, uh, but tremendous leader of men, tremendous leader of an organization. I mean, when I see that guy work with the corporation of fundraising university and leading uh, mm-hmm. that and developing that, it's tremendous. And I'll give you two other names: uh, yeah. Todd Setner of Setner Leadership, and and yeah. in Saratoga, New York. Todd's a Hall of Fame basketball player, University of Albany. Okay. Uh, ex- ascended quickly to be a senior vice president of a medical sales group. And is now doing leadership training. And then Charlie Smith of, um, he's out in California. He's got a podcast okay. called Overcome Out Loud. And Charlie's also a mental performance coach coming from the corporate real estate background. He did oh, it. Nice. He used to build shopping centers, and now he builds people that go into shopping centers. Is what he used to say. So I love that. So That's he's awesome. got a. He's got uh, both of those guys are have great processes. Um, and there's you know there's a million other people I could recommend here on leadership, but I would I yeah. would say start start with those three. That's awesome. I will be reaching out to them. And Brian, again, I just want to say thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, make sure to you know reach out to Brian, follow him on all the socials and, and listen, listen to the podcast because you'll get something every day. So Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me, man. And um, excited to, to continue to follow what you're doing with Six Degrees. It's great stuff. So thanks for, for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you, Brian. Cool. We'll talk to y'all later. Have a great day, everybody. Again, everyone, thanks for tuning in. I hope you all picked up a tidbit or two from our episode. Now, please do me a favor and like, 
comment, and subscribe to this podcast. Each of those helps build our community of leaders. I appreciate you all. See you next time on Six Degrees of Leadership.